everybody. Q here with another special edition of Press Play. Recently, we have been interviewing filmmakers and talking about films from the Dances with Films Film Festival. And today, I am greeted by another amazing filmmaker. I have Melissa Gregory Rue. Hello, Melissa. How are you? Hi, Quentin. I'm I'm hanging in, doing okay. I think that uh, we're all feeling rattled today after the shooting in yeah. Texas and the shooting in uh, Buffalo before that. And I just have to say, um, yeah, we've got to we've got to take some action in this country and and start helping people with mental illness. And we've got to do something about gun control. So that I just had to get that off my chest before we talk, because I feel like everybody needs to we have to stop acting like it's normal. You know, I think that's Definitely. the yeah. So yeah. Fully agreed. I, I I appreciate you saying that. I appreciate the sentiment. Uh, I know we definitely agree here at Project Nerd that uh, there definitely needs to be, um, you know, some reform of some sort going on. Um, obviously, you know, gun control is one issue, but I think another issue that ties kind of directly to that, and I think is a is a relatively solid kind of talking point, especially regarding the content of your film, which deals a lot with homelessness and working with people uh, of a marginalized group. I think that, you know, one of the other big things that these, these shootings, and these tragedies have us looking at is mental health and how that's handled in the United States in general. And just with, with people, if, is it handled with compassion? Is it, are we giving people tools to kind of overcome some of those situations? Because I know a lot of times mental health can directly lead to homelessness in a lot of situations. Um, and so I'd love to kind of dive into your film in particular, uh, which is called Live Out Loud um, and deals with uh, homeless, a homeless population, a group of homeless people participating in a film education program um, and kind of talk to me a little bit about where that came from, how that started, kind of what what was the spark for that? Well, I was finishing a project uh, with one of the people who became an artist in residence mm -hmm. on the program. Um, and when he told me what was going on and they got a grant and they were, I just thought this sounds amazing. So I, I just immediately knew that I wanted to film it. And so luckily um, I went in and I talked to the, all the folks who were going to do the teaching and, and they trusted me to come in. And, and then on the first day of class, you know, I stood up and I explained to everybody who I was and why I wanted to document the project. And um, and it's exactly what I said. It's because I'm really hoping to inspire other communities to create similar programs. One of the beautiful things that happened is that in addition to learning to make films and starting to heal from childhood trauma that they had experienced, um, also it just brought them in touch with other communities that right. as you, like you were saying, marginalized people are so used to being treated as invisible and treated like they don't matter. They get, you know, they just kind of get walked over as surmises in the film. Sure. And, um, and so it was incredible to see how much it, inc it increased their self-esteem to be brought into the, these art settings where you had professors and you had 
you know, professional artists from the Portland community and you had funders and all kinds of people and all these people who would never come into contact with one another in everyday life, there they were. And so that's, I think this is what our country needs desperately is to start bringing these disconnected communities together so that they understand one another and they can figure out how to solve problems together. Yeah, I love, I love that. I think that that is spot on. Um, and you know, it's interesting how the art community in general, um, it, it being an artist or getting to express art in some fashion is like a validation of your own thoughts, right? Your own feelings. It's saying, Hey, my, my internal, perspective is important enough that I can put it out into the world for other people to view. Now, their reception of that may be subjective, but ultimately it's saying, hey, your thoughts, your feelings, your your passion, it's valid. And so I think that's what a, that's such a wonderful thing to do for this community who is so used to feeling invalid. Mm-hmm. Like you said, invisible. You're saying, hey, your perspective is valuable. Let's, let's, let's get it out into the world. Let's hear your story. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes. And I think, I think that that's awesome. Thank you. I, I, I just am so excited. I worked on this film for 10 years. <laughs> it's been a long road. And so getting, starting to actually get it, get it out in the world is, is absolutely amazing. Yeah. Um, so one of the things I wanted to say, I just yeah. went out, um, Yes, about them seeing their their stories up on screen. I think all of us who create art know that it's very healing. You know, that Definitely. I think any artist you would ask would say there's a there is a therapeutic element. Um, that might not be your main reason for making art, but it teaches us about who we are. You know, it, it helps us work through like where have we been, where where are we going? it's such an incredibly powerful way to, um, to help people. And it, you know, it could be filmmaking, it could be making music, it could be really any type of art. I do think that there are elements of filmmaking that um, are really powerful that other arts don't necessarily bring in. And I, and I think it is that visual element of like people, if they do a, say like Samaya made a portrait of her life um, and seeing herself up on the screen, like you were saying is incredibly validating and, and having people say, wow, you've done amazing things with your life. You, you didn't always just live on the streets, you know, exactly. And that's the case for everybody who's on the streets. Nobody was born on the streets. Right. Right. So well, okay, not in the not in the U.S. At, at this point, and hopefully we won't be going that direction. Sure, but I, you know, so everybody has some other story, and that gets lost, and they just become like, you feel, you know, like completely empty and meaningless. So yes, yeah. I think it's it's a really powerful way for people to um, turn their lives around. I love that. And I, I do want to ask um, regarding the program that's kind of featured and highlighted in the film, how did you become aware of this program? Okay. So that's what I was saying. Um, 
I had a friend who was one of the artists in residence. Mm -hmm. And so I think there were about six or seven of them and a couple other people came in and out during the course of the year. But the core group, um, we, I sat down with them and we talked and they allowed me to come in and then pitch it to the students. So we got really lucky because three of the people, well, no wait, two of the people I followed were there from the very beginning and stayed the entire year. And then awesome. Sumaya came in a few classes in and then she stayed. So it was very strict. It was oddly very obvious who I wanted to follow. And sure. they were, because they were all so different, they were all from completely different backgrounds. And I wanted to make that point. Like you can be a white woman from the West coast, you know, who grew up in a middle-class family, or you can be from the Midwest and you're black and, and, you know, and on and on. So they're, yeah. So I think that's important. People are, yeah. people end up homeless from all different. We have, we have bankers who end up homeless. For sure. It's not Definitely. funny. I shouldn't be laughing, but. But people, serious, but yeah. honest and true. Right. Uh, yeah. I, no, I, I, I totally agree. Um, so in regards to making this film, are there, is there anything that you were surprised by or learned kind of on your journey? Obviously, 10 years is a labor of love. It's something that has been with you for a long time now. So what what kind of stood out about your filmmaking experience um, on this? Oh, boy, so many things. It's let me think. Um, I think that. It was a, it was emotionally a really challenging experience for me um, because for one thing I was doing almost everything myself I did I was I shot I did sound I was directing I had an assistant with me one day out of the entire year that I shot and that was just because of my non-existent budget and so I had to you know I I got through it, but my editor, I worked with Kelly Baker, who's awesome. You know, he talked to me, we talked about it and he said, Melissa, you, you realize you can never make another film like this, right? <laughs> <laughs> he said, I made a film about, I went into a prison on one of my first films and did some uh, work with men in prison. And, and then that was it. And I think, there's a big conversation going on about this actually now in the documentary community about the toll of, um, I forget the, there's a term for it, but like secondhand trauma. It's like, as, as you're making the story and experiencing other people's trauma that can, that can seep into your own being. Sure. And especially with people who are going into you know, war torn areas and um, places where really horrific atrocities are happening or where school shootings are happening or, you know, so we all have to learn to, we're, we're learning as a community how to take care of ourselves because we have to take care of our own mental health too, you know? Sure. So I think, yes, I don't think that I'll make another film. I'll never make another film this way. This is what I would say. I would I would have help 
I would yeah. have more support and definitely. I would have more funding and I would um, definitely uh, probably not do a full year of, unless I had a lot of funding and a lot of help. And I just so, but you know, I just have always liked to be, I've always loved to be challenged. And so, this you is know, a challenge. this was definitely <laughs> a challenge. Yeah. So, but yeah, well, that, that's a big learning thing right there. Yeah. I, I appreciate you being <laughs> candid about that. that. That makes a lot of sense. A hundred percent. Um, in regards to, you know, we spoke a lot about not doing something like this again, that begs the question of, okay, then what do you do post this? So what, what <laughs> is on the horizon? What kind of thoughts do you have? What's, what's, what's culminating, what's percolating as they say? Well, yes, I, um, so at the, um, let's see. Along the path of making this film, I, I became very ill and I, um, I, I was terrified I had a brain tumor or something because I was having speech problems and memory problems and, wow. um, and I was started having trouble walking. So then I thought, oh my God, I have MS or, so it turns out, it turned out that I had undiagnosed Lyme disease that um, was in my body for over a decade just proliferating wow. like crazy. So I ended up um, getting some treatment for three months. Uh, that's a, this is a whole other story because yeah. Lyme, Lyme, there's actually a great Lyme disease documentary out called The Quiet Epidemic. It just premiered at Hot Docs. And I know one of the directors and I've been in conversation with her. So my hope, is, what I'd like to do for my next film, I'm gonna go into, um, so I kind of, I. I got a lot of uh, relief from my symptoms and I was able to finish this film over two years, but now a lot of things are starting to happen, come back. So I'm planning on trying a uh, kind of a experiment. It's not really experimental in Europe and other countries, but here it's considered experimental. And so I'm gonna make a documentary about my experience going through that. And then I've also been talking to some folks and. Lyme community about being a part of it. So I want to kind of, I'm going to not, I'm not going to do what they already did, you know, but sort sure. of continue the conversation and make myself what my, one of my, my meant my favorite teacher in film school always said, you know, you should really turn the camera on yourself you should tell your story. And I was so resistant. So I want to say, and yay, <laughs> I'm finally <laughs> doing it. Good job. <laughs> you did it. Um, it only took a lot. It only took 20 years. I mean, that's it. <laughs> well, that is, I will say that that's a lot. And I have, you know, uh, no one can accuse you of having a soft subject matter in your, <laughs> in your repertoire. Um, but I appreciate it because I feel like on both occasions, you know, with, with this film, um, living out loud, you know, you're exploring kind of a marginalized, not talked about group of people, um, in a very kind of specific and niche kind of um, situation and scenario. Uh, and then I think that from the sounds of it with, with the Lyme kind of discussion, um, I think, again, you're picking a subject matter that is really kind of like glossed over mm -hmm. and not really talked about a lot, um, despite how big of an impact it actually has. Yeah. Um, and you know what's it? One thing that struck me as I've been thinking about it more 
about getting started. Um, I am very curious. It would be interesting for someone to do research and find out how many people who are living on the streets have Lyme disease, because I think it's going to be shocking when that number actually comes out. So because untreated Lyme disease and, and some of the nasty co-infections, in addition to being lethal, some of them can kill you, um, like Powassan virus. Um, they also, if they go into your brain, they cause neurological symptoms, right? Wow. So people that we, people who we see on the street who have had no access to decent healthcare, who have no, had no access to mental health care, some of those people could be carrying Lyme disease. That's that's a very, very valid and solid point. Um, it's, it, it terrifies me to think about it, actually. And because that there's no like good documentary subject matter. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I think that I might be able to partner with somebody and um, one of the, you know, big, one of the docs who are really well known and maybe do something on that. So, yeah, that's, that's excellent. I appreciate you exploring kind of these, these dark, but also hope filled places. Um, I think that's one of key. I talked to a filmmaker yesterday and we talked about the importance of um, hope, you know, in general and the importance of, you know, having a heavy subject matter and obviously treating it with respect, um, but also not, being dour or downturn and instead being, you know, showing that in a lot of these situations, there is a light, you know, whether no matter how small or how large that light is, I think it's important to show that, you know, especially in today's world with everything that people are surrounded by. I think it's important to remind people, hey, these situations are happening, but there's things to be done about it. None of mm -hmm. this is too late. None of this is all over, you know. Um, so I appreciate the fact that that seems to be a bit of a through line on on your subject matter. Um, I definitely want to push people to go check out the film. Um, it's going to be premiering at the Dances with Films Film Festival. Uh, the date, I wrote it down here, uh, June 19th, right? At 1230 is when it'll be playing. Uh, it's going to be at the Chinese Theater, if people are familiar with that. It's a huge, a, a gorgeous theater that I actually uh, in incredibly ask that people go and visit, even if it's not for this film festival, just in general. It's a piece of cinema history, and you got to be there at least once. Uh, Melissa, is there anywhere else that people can follow you or the film in general to kind of stay up to date on it? Yes, we are at uh, Live Out Loud Documentary on Facebook. And my website is www.melissagregoryru.com. And it's the film is called Live Out Loud. Um, yeah, come please come check it out. And I have, a, let me throw this little tidbit in. So uh, one of the central character people in the film is Samaya, is actually now living in Venice Beach and public housing and she's, doing really well and she will be at the q a with me so i'm yes. excited yes yeah <laughs> i love that fantastic yes. even more reason for people to come and check the film out yeah uh, we're, and we're in, we're inviting lots of people in the mental health community um, and people who provide resources to folks who don't have homes so there will be I a very that. good discussion 
I love it. Excellent. Well, Melissa, thank you for spending time with us here on this episode of Press Play. We sincerely appreciate it. We appreciate you. I encourage everyone to go check out this film. Check out all the other amazing films playing at Dances with Films Film Festival. And in the meantime, I've been Q. This has been Melissa. We'll point the right way. And uh, we'll look forward to seeing you guys next time. Thanks so much. Thank uh, you. Stay tuned.